I heard a rumor that you were trying to become an astronaut. Any validity to that? Uh, yeah, so trying is the keyword. It's a <laughs> it's a long process, and yeah, it started with um, uh, with me actually joining the military, uh, pursuing my second degree in astrophysics. That that'll hopefully lead me there, and eventually, you know, there's a few more steps I have to accomplish. Like uh, to be an astronaut, that's a pilot getting into the experimental test pilot program, and then you know if that works out, being competitive enough to actually put in an application and not be to 30,000 people that gets rejected. So, <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to the day that your Twitter handle changes to Astro Morgan or Astro <laughs> Hill, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, that would be fun. Good morning, and welcome to GI and a Cup of Joe. I'm your co-host, Annie T. And I am Justin C. In this podcast, we'd like to take off the rank and get right down to just being a regular person who made a random decision to wear a uniform in the Idaho Army National Guard. All of us come from very different backgrounds, but we do have one common goal, to better our future. Not just to better our future for ourselves, but for our families and the ones we love. Officially, we are Command Sergeant Major Justin Cole and Sergeant First Class Annie Torres, but honestly, I'm just a regular girl. And I'm just a regular dude. So uh, today, uh, we're with uh, Captain Morgan Hill, who... uh, Previously was one of uh, Idaho's medevac pilots, and as um, kind of pursuing this dream that he just outlined, he is on his way out of the state, but we asked him to come in here and uh, just kind of chat with us a little bit, talk to us about who he was prior to joining, uh, what got him into joining, and then uh, what, is, uh, what he's used the guard for, kind of hopes and dreams. So are you also a bassist? I am. Okay. Yeah, primarily a bassist, but I've been... I've been making music since high school, and actually, it's interesting how that story all started. Uh, when I was in middle school, I had to pick like a elective or something, and I wasn't much of an athlete at the time at all, so I figured, let me get into band. So I started with the trumpet, and then I eventually started playing the tuba. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. So, Like-minded. Uh-oh. <laughs> so because of that, like, I really enjoyed playing bass clef, you know, the, the low tone. And eventually when I made it to high school, uh, I was doing marching band, kind of continued that whole track. And one of my best friends, he just had a random idea one day of, Hey, let's quit marching band and start a rock band. No way. And, and <laughs> I said, that random. yeah. And I said, dude, I don't even play guitar. So what, <laughs> how are we going to do this? He's like, easy. I'll learn. He played the clarinet. So oh go God. figure. And he's like, uh, you know, I'll play the guitar. You play the bass guitar. We're like, okay, cool. So that's how it started. And since then, I've had I've had four music projects specifically. And you can kind of find them online, too, if you look for it. But yeah, four music projects that I've played bass for, uh, did music production for, video production, stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. That is... So uh, go down the list of instruments that you play. Uh, just one, the saxophone, the combat saxophone. Oh, combat, combat saxophone. saxophone. Nice. Yeah, right. during the Army for the, the Does it come band. with the bayonet on the end? You're right, yeah. it should. Joke <laughs> <Right>? about that. <laughs> Uh, That's funny. French horn, baritone mm-hmm. tuba, wow. and uh, trumpet. That's what I play. Nice. So, oh man, um, all of them lame. <laughs> I mean, no, not at all. <laughs> the basic yeah. car is the coolest. I think the French horn is amazing. You've seen Man of Steel, right, Superman? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the main sound effects that they use throughout the film is generated by the French horn. Really? Yeah. It's it's crazy good. I didn't well, even know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I assure everybody I am not that good. <laughs> so Whatever, you aren't Superman. <laughs> well, just kind of, you know, when we decided to do this podcast, kind of looking back how you and I met, mm-hmm. um, the direction this went, and I think that there is a, a fairly unique story here mm-hmm. uh, that we want to tell. So uh, if you could, let's, let's take a step back to uh, high school. Yes. Who were you in high school? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what were your favorite subjects? You know, kind of moving forward. So uh, when I was in high school, I kind of like I what I alluded to already, I was into band. So I did concert band in high school for like the first uh, two and a half years that I was in high school. Basically, I was a scrawny little 110 pound kid. You know, it's weird because I'm 200 pounds now. So <laughs> it's like I try to imagine, like, how did I survive back then? You know, right? but but yeah, I was just this little kid that played a really giant instrument Um just trying to, you know, figure out my way. Uh, fairly, fairly clumsy kid too. Like I was just kind of growing into, you know, myself basically. And um, I've always been interested in aviation since I was a little kid too. So uh, it was around 12 years old that I was lucky enough to meet somebody at the time who got me introduced into uh, the Experimental Aircraft Association, got me into the Young Eagles program. And I've been essentially flying airplanes ever since. Wow. And uh, when I turned uh, 15, I started flight training. As far as high school goes specifically, right around, I would say, a few a few months into high school, we had to choose our electives and everything. So kind of like how I got into band, just randomly picked it and jumped in. Uh, I went into JROTC, Army JROTC, as a matter of fact. And I had, honestly, at the time, I had no idea what it was. You know, I just picked <laughs> it. Typical. You know, one of my buddies also said, yeah, this sounds cool. You know, I think it's some like army thing. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. So <laughs> I and and little did I know, like it, it was kind of jarring at first because, you know, I JROTC, much like the military itself, you know, it's got structure. People wear uniforms. You know, there's a, you know, training regimen and, you know, different programs for the kids and all of that stuff. So I was kind of taken aback by it, but very quickly fell in love with it. I also joined the Civil Air Patrol a, a oh. few years later. Oh, so ditto. I did, <laughs> I did both yep. at the same time. So that's basically what I did in high school for the most part. I was not good at math at the time. Uh, I was not, I mean, I'm still not good at it. I'm just really persistent. <laughs> I, know, I know people that are actually good at it, uh, but I wasn't good at math. I wasn't good at, you know, English. I really wasn't good at all of the, you know, quintessential like academia type stuff at the time, but I really did enjoy uh, American history and world history for the most part. Um, chemistry and physics were, I liked it, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't good at it, Sure. you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah, my grades weren't awesome. That's basically what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> but, but, but the things that I was passionate about, though, you know, flying, Army, JROTC, Civil Air Patrol, music, of course, like those things kind of kept me motivated to tolerate the things that I had to do, if that makes sense. Um, it does. Yeah. So Where did you go to high school at? I went to high school in Miramar, Florida. So okay. my family, we immigrated to the United States. We landed in South Florida, basically. So... Eventually, that's where I ended up going to high school. Okay. Yeah. That's a great school, and I think it's uh, it's come a long way from when I was there, when I started going there and graduated from there. 
And fun fact that Johnny Depp also went to that school, although he dropped out. That's (laughs) that's the story. I have one question, though, real quick. Um, I want to know how you got from Florida to Idaho. So I met my wife a long time ago, like back in 2005 on the Internet. She was actually... um, following my music page and yeah on myspace of all things and you know we started (laughs) we started chatting from that and we decided to meet in person one day in uh, 2007 after one of my bands just had gotten done with a long tour and so we we decided to meet in person and from that day we just started officially dating and she was going to boise state at the time living here okay so i visited here a couple times and and so much nothing against florida um tell my florida friends but idaho is so much nicer than florida <laughs> and it only took two visits for me to decide to move here and i've right i've been here ever since okay yeah since 2008 yeah that's awesome touring bands touring mm-hmm. what are your bands name let's get those out there uh so the i i have a solo music project that's uh consistently um i guess active it's called a m3k coalition um and my most recent band, uh, The Fire Rising, was based here in Boise. Uh, there's another studio project called Block Inferno. And my old band, Sonic Destruction, is the one I used to tour with, you know, most often. But The Fire Rising here in Boise was a really fun project. Um, and not sure if the guys are going to continue that project going forward. But, yeah, it's it's there. You can find all that stuff online. Sonic Destruction, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are pretty rad names. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. they're they're crazy. Um, I mean, not crazy. There there are bands that are way more hardcore, but you know, it's it's heavy and people don't expect it. And it's always funny when when people hear my stuff, they're like, "What? Like, <laughs> who are you?" It's like, I thought you were going to be in a reggae band or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Nah, man. <laughs> I can play reggae too." But yeah, <laughs> awesome. So uh, you're out of high school, and uh, I know there's a lot of transition between Miramar, Florida, and Boise, Idaho. Right. But let's uh, walk us through how you and I met and what you were mm-hmm. doing at the time. Yeah, so interestingly, um, at that time, I was trying to get into um, the Marine Corps, the Air Force. I even looked at the Navy for a little bit, but I was already kind of pushing 25 years old, 26 years old. So I was starting to reach uh, the upper age limit for certain flight programs at the time. And I had a friend, um, an old friend that I haven't spoken to in a long while, but she was also going through the Marine Corps flight program. And she went through the whole thing, uh, went through some, you know, medical stuff, had to get out of the Marine Corps. She got into the Idaho Guard. And at the time, I still, you know, the process of getting into the Marine Corps was very slow. It's a national process. So you don't really have a direct touch to the process. And, and yeah, so she called me up one day and said, hey, you know, how's everything going with your, you know, process to get into the Marine Corps? And I told her, quite frankly, it's not going well. Like, I'm competing with a million other guys trying to it's an exaggeration, but with a ton of other people trying to get into the flight program. And she said, well, I'm actually in the um, Idaho Army National Guard uh, doing the OCS process right now. And we talked about it for a little bit. And she said, just talk to talk to one of the recruiters I know and, and see what you think. And so I called a guy who actually connected me with Justin. Okay. And so he... He basically, 
wasn't trying to push me or anything, but just gave me the basic information. And you're probably, I mean, not probably, you at the time were literally the most genuine recruiter I ever talked to, like by far. And you weren't trying to sell me anything. You just told me what was going on. And if I was interested, just get a hold of you. And literally sat down with my wife and she said, this sounds, this sounds amazing. Like, what are you waiting for? You know? <laughs> right. And so that's when him and I started, you know, talking more and more. Um, I was working at the state legislature at the time. And, and, you know, interestingly, when we were going throughout that whole process, um, I ran into like some weird administrative issues from my days when, you know, we immigrated to the U.S. And, you know, just a lot of paperwork didn't translate over the years, you know. And so, yeah, we had a lot of problems with MEPS and, and you know, Justin here never never gave up on me. You know, he, awesome. he just worked with me the entire way. And and there it was. That's how that's how we kind of came up. I remember I had to take I had to actually take your paperwork down to Boise State University. Yeah. And there was things that uh, had to be translated and verified. And I was, oh, I, was yeah. Yeah, I was talking to uh uh, language professors down there. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need you awesome. like, sitting in his office. This is yeah. what you're going to do. So, and MEPS accepted it. But, uh, I mean, as far as recruiters go, literally, um, you know, cause I remember writing you a text that, you know, sending you a text at the time and I was like, Hey man, what can I do? Like, who can I tell in the guard to promote you to the top level that they can? Cause like you're literally, I've never seen anybody care so much and That's do such awesome. a great job. Well, so, I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. And just kind of a little bit of the backstory on my side, um, getting the phone call to come to the state capitol. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, <laughs> I stopped in to see the NCOIC and he was like, hey, uh, maybe you should, you know, you want to put on a shirt and a tie? Do you want to? And I'm like, no, man, I'm in, <laughs> right? I'm in yeah. Uncle Sam's <laughs> right? business uniform. Course, I'm going to yeah. be accepted. So, um, but yeah, that was just walking into the building to talk to somebody and, you know, when you look at politics and you think about politics, it was something completely outside of my realm. So, oh, yeah. and I, you know, to see your name on the door and um, what your job title was, mm -hmm. like, to me, that was like the guy running this building. Like, what I'm was like, your yeah. job title? What did you uh, do down there? I, I was the House Minority Chief of Staff, so I ran oh, wow. the, the entire caucus on that side of the house. So, yeah, not the whole building, but a <laughs> half of the building, yeah. Right, yeah, and that's, Still and I was impressive. like, yeah. And I told people, I'm like, I'm I'm here to see Morgan Hill. They're like, oh, yes, come here, follow us, come here, come here, follow us. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, I like this, this is pretty good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of funny to me, because like, it... Honestly, it just feels like uh, it feels like another job, you know, and mm -hmm. there, there's there is a lot of prestige to it when you look at it from that angle. But uh, when you're there and you're doing it, it's, it literally just feels like you're doing another office job. Well, <clears throat> I look at wow. this and um, kind of your career. And I remember some of the things that, that we had discussed about about you coming in. But, um, you know, the thing that I, I want to bring to light is just how dedicated you were to what your initial plan was and your ability to follow that through to where you went. Like it was get my hand, like uh, I need to get my foot in the door, right? Mm -hmm. I need people to see who I am. And then I know that my performance will get me here. And then I'm going to apply to get into this. And you got that. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of worked your way through this process. And it's just been this like, uh, like rocket ship all the way to where you're at now, you know, and I've talked to 
um, a lot of the guys that you deployed with. Yeah. And everybody says amazing things about mm. your empathy, your leadership capabilities. So I just I appreciate that. This was a huge win across the board for us. So and I, and I know that the, the organization is definitely going to lose out when when you say sayonara when you bounce. So well, we're all going to remember your name. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm going to miss this place too. And the crazy thing about all that is, you know, as I'm transitioning to active duty right now, there's one thing I've thought about a lot. And most people have asked me like, Hey, are you going to miss Idaho? It's like, well, I, I, I will miss Idaho somewhat, but the thing I'm actually really going to miss, you know, are the people that I've worked with mm -hmm. because honestly you could be, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I left the state house. It wasn't because I didn't like the people there necessarily, but it was just the, the environment and the culture didn't make me happy, right. you know? And so and interestingly, when I think back to one of the other things that motivated me to really come into the, the Army Guard is all the memories I had being in JROTC in high school and Civil Air Patrol were good, like 90% good, like camaraderie, you know, good adventures with my friends, you know, awesome cadre and instructors. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm basically going back to the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a no brainer. And yeah, like, are there challenges? Yes. Are there hard times? Absolutely. Um, do bad things happen here and there? Of course. However, for the most part, like 85 to 90 percent of the experience here has been amazing. So, you know, I I know there will be cool people in active duty as well, but, it you know, it'll be a little different, right. obviously. But like, I really love the people here. Uh, I've had amazing, you know, friendships developed here. Um, incredible people that I've worked with, you know, starting with you. Um, and, and it just, you know, the, the list continues, like all the good things that I've been able to experience here. So that's what I'm going to miss, you yeah. know, and that's what I'm going to look back at. Not so much the location, because believe it or not, I had fun in Afghanistan too with Medevac, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and you know what I mean by fun, but like, yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's a war zone, but being with my buddies made the experience a good one. So, oh, I agree with that. You yeah. know, hundred percent. You know, versus other places where I've worked, where I'm like, man, I I can't wait to go home. This right? sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know, it's it's the people that really make the experience, in my opinion. I want to ask you a couple questions about goal setting mm -hmm. um, and kind of crushing those goals. Mm -hmm. um, you came in, you raised your right hand, you joined. Mm -hmm. Did you have goals of being a medevac pilot? And did you have goals at that time of going beyond that? Uh, sure, not to be a medevac pilot specifically because our state didn't even have that mission at the time. So my goal was to become a military aviator and, you know, having gone through the Army, the goal at the time, the mission available at the time was to... Um, primarily go into the Apache mission to become an attack pilot. So I set it upon myself, okay, now that I'm here, I want to reach this goal. Because even if I went into the Blackhawk unit that was here at the time, um, it was a, a VIP and transport unit, essentially, that was their mission. Uh, regardless of which way I went, it would have been uh, helpful to continue pushing me to where I want to be. But really, the, the focus was become an aviator with the Idaho Army National Guard and, and do well at it. Well, you've definitely done that. I've seen, right, mm -hmm. and this is me asking you for uh, to see if you've seen it as well, right? 
I've seen on some Forest Service maps and Air Force <laughs> search and rescue maps, when you go to the key, you turn it over on the back side, you actually it has Sasquatch listed. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I've seen, yes, sort of. And so here's the thing. I, I've been really interested in the... Not just that, but like other legends like the Chupacabra, mm-hmm. um, Loch Ness Monster and all <laughs> of that stuff. So the interesting thing is the government, or not just our government, but like, you know, the FBI and other other agency counterparts around the world have actually researched, you know, these items. Like there are actual offices within these organizations that research these these claims um, they've even tested DNA from like hair strands that have been found in the forest and stuff like that. In most cases, it has been determined that um, a lot of the evidence that they've been able to compile and identify, research, whatever, that it has come from other animals within, you know, the animal kingdom. However, um, seeing as the research data is largely inconclusive, leaves the door open to the fact that maybe we haven't found it yet. So it, it could still be real, maybe, but maybe not so much. But it all depends on, again, if they can find the breadcrumbs that will lead to the actual thing. I always tell myself it could be that uh, Sasquatch just is just a really seasoned, retired, you know, special forces guy that keeps <laughs> evading everybody. Or, you know, yeah, we'll see. But there's actual real research behind it. Well, that sounded like a very, I don't know, maybe a safe answer. I don't know. <laughs> We have a little bit of Star Rangers grass. All right, let's yeah. get to it. Um, we use the term medevac. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that is? So medevac stands for just medical evacuations or aeromedical evacuations. Um, so that that's all it is. Just a, um, it's like a acronym that's not really an acronym. It's more like an abbreviation, essentially. Yeah, okay. but that's all it is. But it means medical evacuation. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Absolutely. And then you said you were in the JROTC? Mm-hmm. What is that? So that's a junior reserve officer training corps um, specifically for high school organizations. Um, uh, as far as I remember, they still have Army, Air Force, and Navy JROTC. Um, if I remember correctly, there were several Marine Corps JROTCs, but they're, those are fairly rare. Like okay. You don't really see those very often. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen any. I, I have in Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, Maybe I've in the bigger cities. Yeah, yeah, they're very rare. They're hardcore, you know, naturally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely a feeder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the OCS program. Mm-hmm. I think you said that. Did you see that? Yeah, OCS, Officer Candidate School. Yep. Um, so... There are, uh, I think, currently still um, somewhere around 41 officer candidate schools uh, in Army Guard organizations mm-hmm. nationwide. Yep. And it is just a officer producing program that is ran um, by the state. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then the last one was NCOIC, which we've referenced before. It's just a team leader mm-hmm. of a group of people. So. Yep. Well, I think that's all we have time for today, sir. Awesome. Appreciate the time. Yeah, this was fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, it's yeah. good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Yep. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We'd like to thank our guests and our production crew for their time. Join us every Wednesday here on GI and a Cup of Joe. See you next week.